Today's an exciting day. Um, I can't let you know why just yet, but it will, you will find out before the end of the service. So uh, stay with me. If not, hopefully that'll make you look more interested while I'm preaching. So hopefully that works. You just, the anticipation's going to kill someone. No, you'll be okay. This morning I want to preach on Jonah. Jonah, give us a wave down the front here. This is Jonah, everyone. He was our intern last year. He is an all-around legend. But uh, Jonah is a minor prophet in the Bible, and uh, he's got a book named, come on, uh, top of the class. We have a lot of Bible college students in the room from last year. Um, about Jonah, he's got this book that he, he authored, and um, I feel like it's so interesting, stories like this in the Bible, because sometimes when I read my Bible, I'm left with more questions than answers. Has anyone ever felt like that? I feel like it a lot, and sometimes I feel like I find answers, sometimes I don't, sometimes I get an answer that probably could change as I grow and know more about God, and and sometimes I feel totally baffled, and I'm like, I have no idea. The book of Jonah poses so many questions, some of which I'd love to explore with you this morning, and some of which I'm just going to leave, but I'm going to throw them out there so we can all not know together. Are you ready? First one, fact or fiction? Second one, does God send storms? Good question. I love that song that we started singing off, um, Raise a Hallelujah. How good was that? And it says, in the storm, I, through the storm, I will praise you. I'm like, what a great line. And that's a great thing to do when we're faced with storms in life. What kind of a fish can swallow a whole man, which is obviously the story we all want to know. And second question, can I spear fish that fish? Like, if it's that big, man, like, hopefully it's good eating. What kind of flesh is it? Like, let's continue on because no one's interested. If Dan wasn't on holidays this week, he would be interested, all right? He would care. Actually, yesterday was a great day. Do you know why it was a great day? I was daddy daycare yesterday, and my mates went surfing in the morning, and then Dan and my other mates went spearfishing after that. The awesome thing was, was that Kim's away, and I was daddy daycare, so I couldn't do either, but the surf wasn't really good, and they speared zero fish. Like, that never happened. So I'm Jonah in the story, and I'm wishing... Worse on my friends, let alone my enemies, but we'll get to that as well. Can you survive living in the inside of a fish? Is there oxygen in there? Why is Jonah so angry at the end? And what is with this plant thing at the end of the story, some of which we'll go into, some of which we'll leave? More questions and answers, but are you ready to start? I call this message Fishy Faith because there's something fishy about Jonah's faith in this story. For those of us that this story is new to, let me recap for a moment. Jonah is a minor prophet in the Bible. God tells him to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is a town. In fact, it's a large city. Some believe that it's the biggest city in the ancient world up until around 612 BC. It's a major epicenter. It's a big city. At the end of his book, he says that some 120,000 people were saved. So there's some sort of that in an ancient city is huge in the day. It is big. It is the modern-day northern Iraq. Can we sort of get a geographical location now? It's a real place in a real time. Nineveh is a real city. It's the same one that was occupied by the Islamic State in the mid-2010s, like recently, up until January 2017. This is a real place that's still there today, and this whole city turn to God in this story. It's a really, really cool story. In Jonah's day, however, it was under the rule of the Assyrians. 
which are the enemies of the Hebrews. Jonah is a Hebrew. The Hebrews were God's people. Remember Father Abraham has many sons? Remember singing that song? Father Abraham was the father of the faith, and the people that descended from him were called Hebrews, and they believed what he believed. In fact, their faith was an identifier of what type of people they belonged to, their tribe. Their belief system was how they were identified. It was central to who they were. Like I said, it's believed to be the biggest city up until then. So God tells Jonah to go to enemy territory. If you were to write a movie, maybe you could call it Behind Enemy Lines. No, that's taken, all right. Back to the drawing board. If Charlene Russell was here, this would be a lot funnier. Um, He goes and God tells him to go to his enemies and to tell them that destruction is near. That's what he does. And So Jonah hears from God. He says, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to Tarshish. Nineveh's one way, Tarshish another way. And, and I love that how he thought in his mindset that he could run away from God, which is funny because now we know that God's everywhere and we can't escape him, yet we still think this way today. We theologically understand, yeah, God's everywhere. I can't escape his presence. And, and it's a good thing on a good day. But when you want to run and hide, when you don't want to face the challenges, when you want your sin or something, it's like, let's run to Tarshish. Like, we all find ourselves doing this in moments in our life. And the question is, are we people that go to Nineveh or to Tarshish? Jonah chose to run away from the call of God in his life. He jumps on a boat into a storm, which is where I said that question from. He's asleep in the storm, which is interesting. They had this idea that a God or someone's God or someone must be angry at us. That's why we're in a storm. So they wake Jonah up. He says, it's me, throw me overboard. They said, no, we'll throw the gear off first. So they're throwing all the luggage and all the, every weight out of the boat. The storm's getting really bad. He goes, no, 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 it's, I think it is Jonah. Let's throw him off. Sorry, Jonah. <laughs> throw it overboard. Eaten by a fish, the story tells us, for three days and three nights. Spat up on the beach, says, okay, finally, I will go to Nineveh, which is the right call to make. If he wanted to lengthen his book any more than four chapters, he probably could have, you know, kept rebelling a little bit longer, you know, part two, part three, part four, until the box office doesn't want any more. <laughs> he could have done all these things, but he decides to go to Nineveh. And he preaches this message, he goes, hey guys, destruction's coming, God's judged you, it's, it's the end, it's coming in the end. And, and the people hear what he's saying and they repent. The people put on sackcloth, they go into national mourning because they understand their guilt and their shame and they repent before God. And do you know what God does? Do you know what he does? Sorry, Pastor Byron, what does he do? He forgives them. God forgives this 120,000, this huge city, the city of sin, this one that was the enemies of God, of the Hebrew God. It was their enemies, he's their enemy. And God forgives them? And we find Jonah in this story whinging to God. He's saying, God, I knew you were good. (laughs) There could be better complaints. If if you're going to complain about highway or or something, like, please don't write, you're too good. That won't be heeded, that suggestion box. He's going, God, I knew you were good. I I knew you were loving and kind. I knew you would do this. And and I didn't think that you'd destroy these people. And he's ticked off because his job was to be a prophet. And the message that he prophesied did not come to pass. Interesting story, don't you think? I've got three points this morning. Faith, family, 
and future, which coincidentally is part of our vision this year, occupy the future, my faith, our family, his future, let's go. Faith. Where is your faith at? You see, I've talked about this before, but we put our faith in God. It's not, it, it, it starts off with a one-time decision, but it ends up being a daily choice. Every second, every minute of every day, we choose to put our faith in God. No matter the circumstance or the situation, it's actually a choice. When we're faced with an obstacle or a faith crisis or a relationship breakdown or, or, or this huge unforgiveness thing or this struggle in our business or our employment or our family situations, we're faced, we're faced with two choices. We put our faith in God and choose Nineveh or we choose to run and hide and things get worse and worse and worse. It's, our faith is a journey. There's no end point on our faith. There's, there's no end point. It's not like, yes, I put my faith in God, I'm done. No, 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 I continue to put my faith in God. I woke up this morning and I chose you, God. Our lives, are our lives heading to Nineveh or Tarshish, towards God or away from God? Is our faith securely in God, even when I don't feel like it? Even when it's to my enemies? Even when there's danger of humiliation? Even when there's danger of rejection? Even when they might not listen to what I have to say? But the greatest question that my faith rises in, in my spirit about this story is that, God, would you do it again? God, would you do it again? Would you turn whole cities back to you? God, what would it look like for suburbs to come to know you? God, what would it look like for my street? What would it look like for my neighborhood? God, what would it feel like if you would use me of my, of my Jonah, of my generation? God, what would it look like? For everyone that worked in my workplace or my business, my workplace needs to get saved, by the way. No, I'm joking. I work here. It's a joke. <laughs> we'll start here, all right? God, what would it look like? What would it feel like if I could be Jonah in my generation? God, this, this, this suburbs around here, God, over Ormo, Pampama, King's Home, what, whatever. God, what would it look like if you would turn cities and suburbs back to you? God, would you do it again? My faith cries yes. My faith cries yes. My faith says, yeah, God, I've only seen the start. This is good, but this isn't it. This is great, but this isn't the end goal. God, how many more people like me do you love and want here and to reach? Number two, family. I'll read the end of this story from Jonah 3.10, and this is where he's complaining to God. And as I read this on holidays, it almost broke my heart. Like, you've got you to just listen clearly to what I'm saying. Jonah 3.10. Then God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and did not do it. Chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became very angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, A, A, A. Aussie translation, A. A, Lord. Come back. Was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled 
previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are gracious and merciful, God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than live? Really? Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? What? When Jonah's enemies received grace, he's having a pity party. When, when, when his enemies, when, when them, those people, like those that we don't associate with, when those that are out, and we're, when they receive God, he's having a pity party and saying, God, it's better for me to die than those people, because I, I, I had this suspicion. <laughs> I had this inkling that you were good. Really? You, you're, you're literally a prophet. We have you in our Bible today, and you had an inkling that he was gracious. You had a glimpse of his loving kindness. Maybe all you need this morning is a glimpse of his grace. Maybe all you need is a glimpse of his loving kindness. Maybe you only have this one little strip of evidence. Can I encourage you? It's enough. Because God is gracious. He is loving. He's abundant in loving kindness. It says, slow to anger, one who relents from doing harm. I love that we serve a God that's not just for me. Not just for Jonah. Not just for the Hebrews. But for humanity. Would he do it again? This is where I get the idea of fishy faith. Because to me... This idea stinks. <laughs> Jonah's perception, his attitude here stinks. Like, it's legitly on the nose. Like, you're upset because the God that you love, the God that you say you hear from, the God that you prophesy about invites more people to know him and you're upset about that? Does that hurt you like it hurts me? <laughs> Man, and you know the worst part? I am Jonah. <laughs> I have been Jonah on multiple occasions. And, and I look back at my life and it's like, really? Like, what were you thinking, Caleb? Well, you, you judged that person and you did this and you, really? I went to a Catholic high school and I am um, Marist College Emerald. It's called great school. You had two choices, Emerald State High or Marist College Emerald. Thriving metropolis that Emerald is. And um, I remember having these arguments with my chaplain, who obviously was Catholic at a Catholic school, and a few of the brothers, and we got some interesting conversations. And I was 14 and knew it all. Have you been there? <laughs> obviously, I have amnesia because I can't remember all the stuff I knew before because I don't know everything anymore. But I remember having these arguments like, no, that's not God. No, no. And I remember you. <laughs> How funny is this? How small my worldview was as a, as a teenager. I remember being ticked off that he called himself a Christian and he believed that and I called myself a Christian and I thought that was totally wrong what he believed. And it's like, really? Like, as a young kid to be so set on something, it's like, man, what was I thinking? I was doing a Jonah. I was like, I'm in, you're out and I'm happy about it. And don't give me this inclination that God's more gracious than I thought and that you can be in thinking that and I can be in thinking this. Can I encourage us? God is more gracious than we thought. We need to dream, envision, have faith of the days when they become we. This is such a new idea for the time. 
that the God of the Hebrews wasn't just for the Hebrews, but it was for humanity, like I said. Another interesting turn in the story is the, there's a lot of similari- similarities in the story of Jonah and Jesus. Obviously, their names both start with J in the English language. No, that's not really one. I'm just, I felt like I was losing you, so I was trying my hardest there for that dad joke. Some of the ways is like, Jonah was asleep in the storm, remember, under the boat. Remember Jesus did the same? He's on the lake and there's a big storm and Jesus is asleep and the disciples are panicking. They go, wake Jesus up. It's like, Jesus, this is so similar, those two stories. Jonah predicts his misfortune and says, hey, just chuck me over and willingly goes. Jesus predicted his death and willingly went to the cross. Jesus was baptized. He went underwater. Jonah obviously went underwater. They both preached in the streets. I love the mention of the three days and the fish, which is so similar to the three days in the tomb that Jesus spent. Jonah went to this message and it says in Jonah 3, 4, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. What's he preaching? He's preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, which is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, was tempted in the desert, and then he come out and he come into the city with this message, Matthew 4, 17, for the time Jesus began to preach to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's funny how we can have similarities to Christ or similarities to God in our life, yet be so far from his heart that we would have this righteous anger that rises up And God says, hey, is it right for you to be angry? I think not. There's times when I've had righteous anger and I look back and I was just a righteous idiot. (laughs) Self-righteous idiot, to be honest. Really, Caleb? Man, I just love God. And I want as many people as I know, even ones that I don't know, ones that are different color, different language, different everything to me. I want everyone to know God the way I do. My faith says, God, yes, you can do it again. And God, you know what? I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. God, whatever you're doing, let me see it. Let me touch it in my generation. Can God grow his or our family? Have you ever been at a family dinner and you thought, I wouldn't have chosen that person? Have you? No, of course not. You know that saying, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. We don't choose the family of God. He chose us. He chose humanity. We're just the ones that have responded now. There's so many more that are yet to respond. Would we be that link? That link, that, that, that invitation deliverer? Would we be those people that, op- that give people an opportunity to respond? Can God add to our family of faith? And are we okay if God blesses our enemies? I spend most of my time wanting bad things to happen to my enemies. Yet God blesses them. He's better than we think, church. And if he's better than we think to our enemies, how good is he to me and to us and to we? My third point is future. I love the word future. I think of back to the future. I think of how much Caleb Hearn reminds me of Doc. Do you, do you see that? It's like his long lost grandpa or something. 
The hair, it's the hair. You know, you know Pastor Caleb, our kids' pastor? You'll see it when you pick your kids up, but... The future's so elusive, like it's like this distant thing and... You see, the future's going to happen, but it's more a question of whether we're going to be a part of it, especially our God future. I believe that God is going to save cities again. I 100% believe it. I believe that schools and suburbs are going to come to know God. I believe that what this has happened in Nineveh, I believe it can and will happen again 100%. But the question is, are we going to be the people that walk in those days? My, my mind goes back to the Israelites and they're wandering in the desert after leaving slavery in Egypt and they know that God's going to give them this and they know that one day God's going to do something great. They know that one day they're going to walk into a new place. But generations die, literally died out while they were waiting to inherit what God had promised. I want to see it. Do you? I want to be a part of his future. God, would you use me? Would you use us? Would you use Highway Church so that we could bring the future, your future, here? The other theme in this story is that there's this theme that when life doesn't go to plan, do we still trust God with our future? Jonah had a plan. It didn't go to plan. He, he said, God, take my life now. It's not worth me living because you didn't come through the way I thought. Maybe you're here and you've been through faith journeys and, and life hasn't gone the way that you thought. When things have gotten worse and not better, can I encourage you? Can I encourage you when God doesn't respond the way you think? I'll, I'll, do you want me to tell you what type of God he is? I'll tell you by Jonah's revelation. He says, You are gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. My Bible also says that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If life hasn't gone the way you thought, if you put your faith in things and it didn't come to pass, firstly, I'm sorry, and it's painful. Secondly, it does not change who God is. God is loving and kind and gracious, and storms do happen, but can I encourage us? Let's be people that turn to him in the storm. Let's be people that wake up and realize what, God? You were, in, you were around. You were in this. You were somewhere in the midst the whole time. You were better than I thought you were. God, you loved me and my enemies that much. Is it right for you to be angry when life doesn't go to plan? God challenged Jonah on this. He goes, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry when your perception of me was wrong? When the way that you thought I should act, I didn't. We need to really check ourselves that we love God for Him and not for what we get out of it. Yeah. That God, if you don't come, to, if you don't answer this prayer, you know what? I still love you. Yeah. I'm still going to serve you, God. I still choose you because you're more gracious than I thought. Your love covers my doubts. It covers my sin. It covers my shame. It covers my struggles and my humanity. Is it right for you to be angry? Even prophets get it wrong. He lost his identity. But the mystery of God is that he continues to draw me closer, even in my questions, even in my disappointment, even in my doubt, even in the times when I don't have the faith for things. God just has this sneaky way of drawing me closer. And the more every step that I take towards him, the more I'm amazed of his grace, his loving kindness, and his goodness 
in every circumstance? Would we be people that would see his graciousness? Would we be people that would love our enemies the way he does? And would we be people that would bring this Occupy the Future today? Would we be the type of people that God could use to change suburbs, cities, and nations? Let me pray. God, I just lift up Highway Church to you this morning. I lift up every person here. God, I just pray, Lord, that something that I've spoke about this morning, God, that it would, God, just cut through our mind straight to our heart. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us like you did to Jonah. But I pray our attitude would be different. It would be one so thankful when we find out that you're better than we thought. That we'd be so thankful when we find out that you're gracious than we thought. That we'd be more thankful when we realize that you're slow to anger, abounding in love. And God, I just pray for anyone in this meeting right now that doesn't know you. God, anyone here that's distant from you, God, if they're here this morning, I just pray, Lord, Lord, that you would impress on their heart right now. God, reveal yourself to them, I pray, right now. If that's you and you're in this room right now and you can just sort of feel God, not imposing, but just saying, letting you know that he's here, I would love to chat with you after the service. I'd love to talk that through, what it means to know God, what that looks like to start a life with Him. Is that you? And you can feel God just prompting your heart, saying, yeah, yeah, that, that's me, God. That's me, Caleb. God's doing something right now. love you to put your hand up. I could pray with you. We've got a team or myself could talk with you after the service. Fantastic. The rest of us, how are we going to respond with this good God that we have? Amen.